Time once again for the Built by Bama online podcast. BOL senior analyst Travis Ryer with you on a Tuesday night around 8 p.m. Central. No, this wasn't uh, sort of a planned Built by Bama online podcast, but sometimes news just won't wait uh, of the breaking variety. And with that, uh, we're here to talk about the first half suspensions of multiple Alabama players for Saturday's season opener against the Duke Blue Devils over at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Joining me to do that, Alabama beat reporter for BamaOnline.com, Charlie Potter. Charlie, just when we thought we were in game week mode and we were just going to kind of ease into that opener on Saturday, here we go with some breaking news. Yeah, the finish line was in sight and um, it looked like all the injuries were, you know, everybody was coming around. It was going to be a, a good week. And not that it, that it isn't, um, you know, this isn't the, the end of the world, but it is substantial news for Alabama fans and Alabama's team as it gets set to open the 2019 season. Um, although Alabama hasn't had a comment on this yet, it, it sounds like, you know, junior running backs Najee Harris and Brian Robinson are going to miss the first half of Saturday's game. And that stems from missing a team function uh, earlier in fall camp. And we've also confirmed that junior, redshirt junior outside linebacker Terrell Lewis is in the same boat. He's going to set, he's set to miss time in that season opener against the Blue Devils. The only one we haven't fully confirmed yet, but it is being reported by other outlets is that junior wide receiver Devontae Smith rounds out the the quartet there of players you know set to to start the season from the sideline but you know those are all pretty substantial names uh, when it comes to suspensions you know this is something that isn't new for Alabama uh, it's obviously of the more minor variety we saw in the college football playoff where uh, Deontay Brown uh, and several other players uh, had to miss. Um, you know the the postseason, and this is sounding like it's going to be half a game or maybe even less in some situations. Uh, we'll get more definitive word on that tomorrow from Nick Saban. But yeah, I mean Tuesday night we're sitting here, um, you know, trying to coast through game week, and and this drops on the plate. So always interesting when it comes to Alabama football. Yeah, and to top it all off, the Braves are down two nothing in the bottom of the sixth up in Toronto, Charlie. I mean, you know, that uh, if we really want to get deep into this thing. In all seriousness, um, you know, let's talk about th- th- this news on a, a couple of different levels. Uh, I guess what stands out first and foremost is that these are guys that are significant names in this Alabama program. And these are guys that are going into their third and fourth years in the program. And knowing what we know about how Alabama finished the 2018 season, and there's no shame in losing a national championship game, but we have heard about the Bama standard, the Bama way of doing things from Nick Saban really since the finish of that game in Santa Clara. Um, You know, without knowing all the details, on its face at least, Charlie, do you kind of take this as kind of a, a message too from Nick Saban to his team that, look, you know, everything we've talked about in the offseason and getting back to the standard, uh, we're, we're just not going to allow this kind of stuff, even if it isn't of the sort of severe to, to major uh, type of transgression. No, I agree. That's exactly what it sounds like. Um, you know, that has been kind of the message that 
Nick Saban's been hammering home ever since the end of that national championship game, whenever you heard from him. After that, um, you know, places like the Senior Bowl and wherever he was, you know, speaking engagements, it carried over into spring practice. Um, you know, in the summertime, you had uh, places like Destin, uh, SEC Media Days, and into fall camp. It's it's kind of been the MO of the offseason, and I think – You've seen these four players who we already mentioned are, are very substantial in terms of their roles or expected roles for this upcoming season. I think it is trying to send a message to the rest of the team that, you know, look, guys, the things we've done in the past or the things we've done of late, the lack of preparation and maybe lackadaisical approach toward the end of the season, that's not going to cut it this year. We've seen how, um, you know, the results of the field end up when that's the case, and we're not doing that anymore. They're trying to get back to the college football playoff and get back on top of the sport. And, uh, yeah, I, do, I definitely think this is a message that Nick Saban is trying to, to send to his players right here before the start of the season. And usually uh, a, a way to really catch the attention of a 80-plus scholarship roster is when it involves guys that are significant in name and in status and stature uh, on your on your football team. Um, now there's another way of looking at this too. Nick Saban hasn't been a huge guy on suspensions. Um, you know, there's, there have been some, uh, but, but the timing of these transgressions, apparently, you know, we've heard Nick Saban in the past when players have had issues, say in the spring, um, he has pretty much said, look, there's a process. These guys are going to have to go through. There's things they're going to have to do. Um, I guess my point being, if, if there's an issue like this in the spring, th- th- there's probably more time for players to clear the hurdles they need to clear to try to make good on the situation to get them back on the field. Whereas, do you think maybe that this being apparently a situation or situations that are fairly recent uh, that it, 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 it's not something that these guys can maybe sort of rectify in enough time to be on the field for the first half or for some of the time of this game against Duke? I think so. Um, you know, you look at it and you're right. Whenever something happens in the spring or uh, the summer, uh, there's probably going to be plenty of, of running in those uh, hot summer conditions. But you're right here, even in fall camp, is right on the doorstep of the season. And I think one of the best ways to get a player's attention, and, and you're right, Nick Saban doesn't often go this way, but playing time is something that's very, very precious. It's arguably the number one priority for these guys to get on the field. And for you know, four players that we're going to see plenty of the field on Saturday, I think that gets your point across uh, right away. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not something we see a lot of. Um, you know, just last year, though, you look at the beginning of the, I believe it's the Tennessee game, and you know Damian Harris and Raekwon Davis, uh, neither one were on the field to start the game. And Damian Harris is a uh, was a team captain, a leader on this team. And I think when Nick Saban does things like that, uh, you know he is trying to get a point across. Whether it's this, the messages that he'll have in his press conferences, and, and tomorrow nights could be pretty interesting after what happened. Uh, he's he's always trying to get that message across in different uh, ways, different avenues uh, to his players, and I definitely think this is one way to do that. So let's get into what this all means for a couple of three different positions of this Alabama football team, and we'll start right there at running back because those were the first two that we sort of heard of Tuesday night. Uh, when you talk about Najee Harris and Brian Robinson, 
been a little bit of an, a bumpy road to the season opener for Alabama at that spot. You've kept Najee Harris and Brian Robinson healthy, but obviously very early on, Trey Sanders, the five-star freshman, goes down uh, with a uh, significant foot injury. Uh, you've had Jerome Ford dealing with an ankle injury. Oh, what do you think heading into the first snap Saturday afternoon for Alabama on the offensive side of the ball? You feel confident it'll be Jerome Ford? Uh, do you think it might be Keelan Robinson, Chadarius Townsend's in that mix? Maybe they just go empty. Maybe they go without a running back, Charlie, to start the game <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, just go out there with four receivers and a, and a tight end. They they could. They very well could. And they would around. see a lot of success. But, yeah, I think if, um, if I were to give a nod to somebody right now, I'd probably go with Jerome Ford. But I'm hesitant in doing that just because – um, you know, last week at the end of uh, the preseason, just before game week, uh, Nick Saban was asked about Jerome Ford. We saw him back on the field, and he said that they're going to work him in, see what he can do, try to get him to do more and more each day, and to see if he can get back to 100%, which tells me that he's obviously not at that point yet. And uh, they have been playing on planning on playing him in the game, but uh, that's – to be determined if he's healthy enough, if the doctors clear him and everything like that. So I think there's there's some gray area, question marks, whatever you want to call it, around Jerome Ford's status. Uh, so if, if that's the case, then you look at next man up. And uh, at this point, if, if everybody was healthy, it'd be the fifth man in line, and that's Keelan Robinson, a true freshman. So um, I, I'm really interested to see what they do at the running back position because they're down to, to three with Jerome Ford, Keelan Robinson, and Shadarius Townsend. And if Jerome Ford isn't 100% healthy, it could be a true freshman starting there and Keelan Robinson. And I think you know, if you were to ask us, I don't know, you know, five, six, however many months ago, uh, well before the preseason started in the summer, uh, arrived in these fre- these freshman running backs got on camp. If if you were to say, okay, Alabama's going to start a freshman running back to start the 2019 season, I don't think anyone would have guessed it could be Keelan Robinson. But, you know, with the way that these injuries have piled up, with the way that these suspensions have fallen, uh, that very well could be the case. So, so we'll see. Charlie, you got to think, as much as we like to talk about yards per carry and rushing yards and rushing touchdowns and receiving yards, basically yards with the ball in their hands, uh, I got to think off the ball is where you probably have even bigger concerns without Najee Harris and Brian Robinson in the first half of that game Saturday. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, You know, talking with both of those players, um, you know, the last – several days, several weeks, um, leading up to the, to the game week into the season. Um, both Brian Robinson and Najee Harris said that they've placed a serious emphasis on pass pro and, and their blocking. And, you know, their teammates have said they've really improved in that area. I think, uh, it was even Steve Sarkeesian that said they've improved in that area. So I think as the bigger backs, um, you know, they're both taller, uh, bruising backs. I think, you know, they're kind of built for that role as well as just, you know, taking the pounding between the tackles. So I think definitely when you look at the other backs, they're smaller in stature. Um, you know, Keelan Robinson and, and Shadarius Townsend are definitely more uh, receiving threats than guys you're going to drop back in pass pro. But that could be an area um, where that drops off a little bit. And I think um, if you're an Alabama fan, I, I don't think that losing uh, Najee Harris and Brian Robinson hurts as much as what you expected to see from them on the ground but I think you're more concerned 
with them not being back there and protecting Tua because we've seen uh, Tua in the past with a knee injury, ankle injury. Uh, you want to keep him upright and keep him safe. And with the inexperienced players back there and, and guys that aren't really built for that pass pro role, um, you know, that leaves them a little bit vulnerable. So, yeah, I think that's to me, um, if I were sitting there and writing down concerns when it comes to these running backs, that's probably the number one area. I agree with you on that, that where where they're off the ball, where the ball's not in their hands, where they're asked to go out and, and protect is probably where they're the most vulnerable without those two guys on the field. Yeah, maybe you uh, do some things with your tight ends uh, to sort of try to compensate for those situations. But, you know, we talked about this before. We haven't really seen Jerome Ford in a lot of pass protection situations, but we do know he's 210 pounds or so, right? Whereas Keelan Robinson, more in that 180, 185 range. Uh, Chadarius Townsend, 190 pounds or so. Uh, You got to have a little something to take to the party in those situations when you're picking up. 225, 230-pound linebackers in blitz situations. Let's talk about Terrell Lewis and the outside linebacker position. Uh, A couple different things there. First of all, this is a guy who is, unfortunately, due to injuries, we've only seen in four games over the last two seasons. We'll have to wait a little bit longer, it seems like, to see him on Saturday. Uh, But I guess if, if, if you can count on one thing, right? The last couple of three years with all the injuries and all these situations that have kept guys off the field, it's it's old Mr. Dependable, number 33, Anthony Jennings. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that he's dealt with some injuries in the past, but um, you know they've, they've taken their time with Anthony in the preseason. They've made sure that he's healthy and not doing too much on that knee that I think scared him a little bit early on in his career. And yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously going to lead. Um, lead the defense out there at the outside linebacker position. He's also a guy that um, you know we saw today um, earlier in practice when they were doing uh, some some dime drills. He was out on the field with Dylan Moses, and so um, he's a guy that they feel comfortable with dropping back in coverage. Um, I'll be interested to see you know where they go um, you know from there. I think they feel good about Christopher Allen and what he can do. Um, but that's just two players. If they're going to play a half and try to get pressure on the, the quarterback, I think we'll possibly see a guy like Keegan Makuta, uh, maybe even, God forbid, Ben Davis. I know people will, will go crazy if they see him in the first half of the season opener. But, um, you know, they have some options when you look at how the depth chart lays out. And I do think, though, they, they feel good about having Anthony Jennings out there to lead that group, to get everybody lined up and to, to teach those young guys in that first half if they need to call upon them. Kevin Harris, another guy as a true freshman we might see uh, in sort of a strong side linebacker role. And it's interesting because I think Duke would love to spend as much of that game Saturday, Charlie, in tight formations. In other words, in formations that will have Alabama in its base defense more than we're typically going to see from from UA on that side of the ball this season. And with that, you got to have a second guy to go with Anthony Jennings. That was expected to be Terrell Lewis. But, uh, you know, I, I agree. I think from the standpoint we're looking at, if if Duke wants to play phone booth football on offense to try to, you know, shorten the game, keep this thing maybe closer for an extended period of time, Christopher Allen's skill set, it translates pretty well to that, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I mean, we've seen Alabama uh, line up in its base package 
little bit more than usual in, in the recent practices. We've seen a lot of, of nickel and dime, but yeah, I agree that they're going to try to keep it, keep it close um, on the field, at least from a formational standpoint. And yeah, I mean, when you're looking at just um, edge centers, I think you couldn't ask for two better guys to be on the field than Jennings and Chris Brown. They're your bigger outside linebackers. Um, you know, I know a lot of people really excited to see, Terrell Lewis on the field, his teammates included. I know, you know, he's very eager to get back, but um, the same goes for Christopher Allen. You know, he was in the same boat last year with an ACL injury. He didn't play at all. Uh, it seemed like he might be able to have a chance late in the year, but that chance never came. And uh, he was able to get back on the field a little bit more in the spring and do a little bit more. So I think he's hungry to hit somebody in a, in a different uniform, and, and that's big for them. Um, you know, they have experienced depth at outside linebacker, whereas that's not the case at running back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if they're going to go, um, you know, out there with their base defensive package, I think they feel pretty good about 33-4 and four on the edge. Now let's talk about the, the possibility of Devontae Smith missing time in this game as well. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to shed too many tears for this Alabama offense when you still have Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III and Jalen Waddell. But what about a fourth guy, at least uh, for a portion of this game, if it turns out that, in fact, Devontae Smith isn't a part of the rotation, uh, again, for, for a portion of the game? Is it John Mechie time? Is it one of these other receivers that's maybe been around for a year or two now? Yeah, I think that's that's another thing that's interesting to me, just because we've talked about the four receivers and who's going to be that that fifth guy. Now it bumps up to the fourth player. And you look at the depth chart that they put out um, at the exposition that they have Devontae Smith listed as the guy behind him is Terrell Shavers. And um, I, we've seen that consistently in practice. It's been six and 14 and then number nine, who's Xavier Williams. And, and Williams has kind of been limited by that, um, you know, support strip on his hamstring. But yeah, I think Shavers is a guy that's been in the program. He came in uh, with guys like uh, Ruggs, and Smith and, and Judy. And um, I think he's a guy that gives them a little bit of different dynamic. Uh, he's a bigger receiver. Maybe if they're looking for more of a you know blocking, they can move him. Uh, in motion closer to the formation and add him as a, as a bigger body there. I, that's just me speculating at the moment, but you know, he's a guy I think could definitely fill that role. I think if, you know, they, they want to go with someone they, they view as a playmaker and someone that we saw kind of do that in the spring, you could also look at John Mechie. Um, so they have options. Um, I, I definitely think we'll see plenty of, of Judy rugs and Waddle. Um, they don't really have to, to stray away from that too much in the first half if they don't want to. But I think if they're going to you know, continue to run their offense and maybe look more at the passing game um, because of the lack of running backs they have and experience of that position, then, yeah, definitely I think some of these guys like Shavers or Mechie will get involved. There you go. There's your little update on a Tuesday night following news of partial suspensions, I guess we'll call it. Not that we're hearing full game suspensions at this point for any of the players we've talked about on this breaking edition of the Built by Bama online podcast. You know, I guess if you're Duke, though, Charlie, you're thinking we really can't catch a break because by the time the third quarter rolls around, here comes Najee Harris and Brian Robinson and Terrell Lewis off the bench. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't know if this is, you know, it's a 35-point line at last check. I don't think this is going to drop it down to 31 or 32, do you? No, because, yeah, you're right. They're going to be able to come out and run the football in the second half, and those guys are going to be ready to 
to play, and um, I'm sure Devontae Smith will be ready to catch some balls. And I think Terrell Lewis, you know, what we've heard from him uh, in Alabama's two scrimmages of the preseason, it sounds like he wasn't taking it easy on his teammates. And I, I can only imagine what he wants to do to a player in a different colored uniform. So yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, and probably a little entertaining to watch those guys get loose in the second half. So there you go. That's what we know as we know it on Tuesday night. As always, Charlie, great stuff there with us at BamaOnline.com. Appreciate you taking the time, Charlie. No problem, man. Anytime. Charlie Potter, Alabama, team insider, beat reporter for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier, senior analyst for BOL. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com for continuing coverage of the Crimson Tide. We'll join you again here real soon on the next Built by Bama Online podcast.